I love the idea of uh, being able to say no to people, uh, being able to say, like what, sometimes people will ask me to be on my show and there's a nice way to say no. Uh, you can yeah, I'd love like, to know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> you could be like, oh man, uh, I'm really booked up right now. My favorite thing to say, it seems kind of like weird, but uh, I'm sorry, I got too many white guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Isn't that exactly the frustration with white guys right now? It's like everyone says they, there's too many of them. Yeah, and, and there's a thing of, uh, oh, I'm a white comedian, it's so hard for me. Really, buddy? I mean... It kind of is, if it, you think about it. It is. People are kind of too... There's so much white noise. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Today, we talk about... Yo! Hey! What's up, man? Was that How too? fucking fake did that feel? Like, oh, hey, let's get man, into the energy. We're doing man. it. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely want to have you back, man. Uh, this is Camden. Killer Cam, by the way. Yeah. What up? Uh, you know what I've learned since the last time I uh, had you on here? What's that? A couple of things. I learned that most podcasts die by, like, episode seven. Oh. And I'm at like almost 7D. Oh my God. And, uh, and second thing I learned is uh, you should plug people in the beginning because people tend to tune out and not oh, pay okay. attention to the whole thing. So instead All of right. plugging shit at the end, where can we find you? Okay, my name is Camden Polio, Killa Camden 33 on IG. Uh, I don't tweet. I should probably tweet. And uh, oh, I do a show on Mondays and Tuesdays at No Fun Bar in the Lower East Side. Monday night, 10.30, Tuesday night, 9 p.m., and the rest of the week, I'm uh, homeless. <laughs> Actually, the Monday show is new to me. When did you start that? Uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, Jeremiah Schur, very funny comedian, and I decided to, there was a spot available at, a, at the venue that I do the Tuesday show at. And uh, at first, I looked at it like 10.30 on a Monday, like it's open for a reason. Who would come to a bar show uh, late on a Monday? And it's been good, excuse me. <laughs> no, the same exact thing just happened to me. Like, it's been God. good, it's been very, uh, it's been fun, man. It's, uh, I love uh, making shows. I used to do TV production, and so that sort of, that sort of aesthetic has stayed with me about like, Whenever I get booked on other people's shows, which is almost never, uh, I notice that <laughs> <laughs> I notice um, the little things. You know, okay. like it's the little like it's show business. You're showing something, right. you know. And when the, when you're on stage, it's almost like you know the, you know what the auto show when they'll make like the new Kia Sorento look beautiful. Like our comedy isn't a Ferrari yet; it's a Kia Sorento. So. We st but we still have to polish it up and put it on the 360 rotating table right. and, you know what I mean, have the curtains and the smoke effects and shit. So, uh, Why, I, for I yourselves care. or for the bar to keep I'm just you saying, there? Like, um, I'm just saying put a little effort into your presentation. You know, like, uh, we are so thankful that people come into our show that, like, I don't want someone walking back and forth and, like, going to the bathroom and, we you know, we pull the curtains tight and I ask them to cl uh, dampen down the music in the front room uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and if there's like a crazy unruly person, I, I got to get them out of there. Cause they're, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. security, I'm the manager of the show. Sometimes I'm hosting, I'm a comedian. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm everything. Right. So, yeah. That sounds fucking it's, torture. It's, man. it's fun. It's, it's really, <laughs> yeah, and, and, it, and it makes me realize like, yo, if I'm on someone else's show, uh, I bring, I have posters with me that they say free comedy show on them. So like, I'll go outside and I'll bark, uh, for your show. You know what I mean? Just cause, uh, if you didn't bark and there's only like four people in the bar, what if I can get four more people? Now we got a crowd. Check it out. See? Uh, roll with heat. 
So you just carry these everywhere? Uh, yeah, they slide in. I mean, I got them laminated. <laughs> I, I feel like I became a real comedian the day I laminated my signs because I used to have like white paper marker and like it rained one time and it ruined my signs. So, um, man, I graduated when I laminated. <laughs> Did you have those when you were here the first time? I don't know. Was it a year ago? Less than a year. I don't even... I, Everything feels like it was a couple of years ago. Are you fucking now. serious? Dude, what, six months? <laughs> Less than six months. No, it was like, what, maybe two months ago? Oh, shit. Maybe? Dude. Actually, now you got me second guessing. I know it wasn't that long ago. Something, I just feel like when you're doing mics all the time, like every, uh, this is a new concept to me. I feel like everything was a couple of years ago. Like Barack Obama, a couple of years ago. <laughs> I yeah. feel like a couple of years ago, I didn't have a smartphone. But also, I feel like this podcast I did with you was a couple of years ago. <laughs> it was too much. I don't know, man. Time is fucked up now. Yeah, no, tell me about it. Maybe it's just because you're older. That, and they keep retroing all my favorite sneakers. I don't know what year it is anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, it's, uh, have you bought anything uh, new recently? I did, I did. Uh, I, I do feel like I'm becoming an old man, and I'm changing a little bit. I'm 38, uh, and... I love the nostalgia factor of like, you know, everything I ever wanted from age eight to age 18 is coming back now. And it's, it's funny because I thought the wave was going to stop like three years ago or a couple of years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, they can't keep retroing shit. Like they just, it's going nah, to be think a fad that dies. No, and, I don't think and so. And when you get, just when you think it's over, they retro something, they, they just retroed already again. Like the tech challenge twos that you got. I've had, I've been had those. I had right. them in like 2014 and I had them in like 2012. Like they've, they, they just keep going. So they, I'm never going to fucking stop feeling like they're tugging on my heartstrings. You know what I mean? Nike just keeps bringing me back. Uh, but other companies are doing it too. Check this out. So this summer I bought Birkenstocks. Uh, I know you're not a big uh, flip flop huge, guy. But I'm, I'm thinking about actually picking up a pair of these. Uh, they are really comfy. Uh, I, I wore them into round two. This, you know, the uh, yeah. secondhand shop. And uh, someone at round two told me, wear them in the shower. And then, like, the, your feet will, like, really mold into them better. Right, and right, they right. become real cozy. Uh, I love them, man. I love them. I had them freshman year of college. And uh, I had them for, like, two weeks. And then I uh, got really drunk at a frat party. And I woke up without my shoes. So <laughs> I hope that's all that happened to me that day. No, what, uh, what were you in round two trying to get? Oh, I, actually, so my comedy show is in the Lower East Side uh, at, pretty fun, at uh, No Fun Bar. And uh, round two is right around the corner. So I go, is in, it? I go in there like four Oh, days you're right. A week. You're right. Yeah. I'm okay. always in there, dude. Like I've actually, I think, I don't, I don't know if they love me or hate me because I'm friends with a lot of people there, but I've never bought anything. <laughs> I'm just always like, in, I'm like that guy. And uh, one of the doormen really hates me there. Why? So, uh, I don't know, dude. Like, I uh, I have a Pomeranian. Me and my girlfriend have a Pomeranian, little puppy. And one, one time I came in with the Pomeranian, and he, was he like, lit up like a Christmas tree. He was so excited. I actually took a picture of him with the Pomeranian on, for him on his phone. And uh, then when I started coming around without the dog, he's been really weird to me. What? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm the man. I'm the guy with the palm. So I brought the palm in a few times later. And he was all geeked out about the palm, and I was like, "Yeah, you don't get to pet my dog." This time. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, That's yeah. I've never heard that dynamic where someone likes you because you have a dog, and then you start not bringing it, and then they start getting mad at you. That's kind of pretty funny. And um, part of the part of like what makes me want to do comedy is that need to be liked, and it just it, when someone doesn't like me, it drives me crazy. And then. And it's, there's nothing cornier than like trying to get someone to I like see. you. Maybe that's so, why. Maybe that's yeah, why it's just I'm, like I'm, a vicious cycle, you know? Yeah. Like, wait, the harder if, you try, the I, more he hates you. 
I do that with a lot of comics too. Like there's a lot of comics who I'm like, oh, that guy hates me, but like he's probably not thinking about me. And probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I love the, I, lo I love the, um, I love the idea of uh, being able to say no to people, uh, being able to say, like what, sometimes people will ask me to be on my show and there's a nice way to say no. Uh, you yeah, I'd love like, to know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> you could be like, oh man, uh, I'm really booked up right now. My favorite thing to say, it seems kind of like weird, but uh, I'm sorry, I got too many white guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Isn't that exactly the frustration with white guys right now? It's like everyone says they, there's too many of them. Yeah, and, and there's a thing of, uh, oh, I'm a white comedian, it's so hard for me. Really, buddy? I mean... It kind of is, if it, you think about it. It is. People are kind of too... There's so much white noise. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Give you one <laughs> it's like being on stage it's like i gotta hold for applause i like that uh there's so many uh straight white guys that are still trying to break in and they're funny but there's no way they're all gonna make it because they can't you know what i mean like dude i don't know man like you say funny but uh i'll yeah. tell you i find so much shit less funny now than ever before and it's kind of frustrating like it's kind of it's kind of sad for me because like i'm spending all my time at these places where you would imagine even if you're only doing five minutes, yeah. at least you get to listen to an hour of funny stuff. But it's like not funny stuff. And then your stuff also isn't all that yeah. funny either. Or at least they'll definitely tell you it's not that funny. Yeah. And then uh, and then it's just like, what did I just do for two hours? Like what? I mean, uh, there is, I, I, I think that that's a triple-edged sword, what you're Ooh, talking about. Interesting. Comedy, because uh, for number the first edge of the sword, now that you're doing stand-up comedy, uh, the magic is wearing away. Yeah. You see how a joke is crafted. Right. And even a joke that hits, if you see it four times in a week, you, you will not laugh anymore. Unless it's like, I don't know, there's some comics that can do some stuff that makes me laugh every time I see it. And it's just... Uh, I get jealous of that. That's rare. You know? that's but rare. That's, that, I think to me that just shows how good of a joke it is. Because like yeah. Chappelle, you'll watch over and over and over yeah. and it's always funny because yeah. it was that good of a joke, you know? True, true. Uh, there's a few comics. Andrew Casertano, for some reason, his stuff is so funny to me, yeah, like yeah. the way he sings. And I'll be in the shower singing, <laughs> I live at home with my family. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a, he's like, he's got like hit records. Yeah, for, he, should, for he should do an album for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so it's a triple edge. This is why uh, you're not laughing at stuff anymore. You're going to mics all the time. There's so much more comedy. Uh, uh, content around us now, like memes on Instagram, like uh, all the shows, all the streaming, all the specials, everything's like, you know what I mean? Like comedy has become like currency now. Comedy is like, it's like, it's, people don't want to be action stars anymore. They want to be comedians, I feel like. So there's that. That's the thing. Is that real or am I just, like you said, surrounded by it so much that I just assume everything in this life is comedy now? Or is it real that like comedy's become more popular? I can't tell. I can't tell which it is. I think that uh, the way we work, uh, we re like there's this whole group think now with social media that like, oh, you know, that feeling when, and everyone's like, ah, I get that. Like, right. I get that meme. So like we're all of a similar mind now, you know, and it's all about uh, relating to other people. So I almost feel like all the regular jokes have been done before. They're on a special, they're on a meme, they're, you know what I mean? I was thinking that actually literally this morning. I was like, they're dude, on a commercial. have we done every punchline? Are we done? Are we done? We can't be done because people still go to the comedy cellar and I know they, they still even go. go to Greenwich Comedy Club too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exposed. <laughs> so, um, and I also like what's going to happen to the hundred thousand comedians in New York City? They're trying to still break into it, you know, because it's still there's still there's still something great about going to see a live show and watching a comic riff and watching something crazy happen. That's the thing. That's what's that's the only thing left that's kind of exciting to Why? me. The live, um, not cadence. What's the fucking word? Candid. That live candid moment is still just riffs. It's the material is just yeah. like, dude, you rehearsed this and you practiced this. This doesn't feel like a real conversation anymore. So even shows, I was just talking about the open mics earlier, but even shows I'm going to, and I'm just like, I don't even feel like listening. I know, yeah, you know, yeah. And and I think I, I feel like this may be a common theme with a lot of comedians, if not every comedian, if they've been doing it long enough, where like you stop listening to the material and you're just listening for the laughs. And you're like, oh, that one he did or she did got a laugh. Oh, that one got a bigger laugh. Uh, that one didn't do as well. Like, I feel like I'm listening oh, to wow. that now instead of the actual content. You're listening for metrics? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. But I not even because I'm using it to judge them. It's just like this is the, like the common theme I see with, uh, with book shows. And then this also applies to the open mics in Iowa because they are kind of like book shows because regular people come to them. Yeah. Uh, the comedians typically will sit in the back or like they have their corner where they're just hit, sitting down and just like chatting. And I feel like they only pay attention to the comic that's on stage if they hear laughs coming. That's what uh, gauges them, their yeah. interest to be like, I don't even want to listen to these bits because I know I'm not going to laugh at those. I just want to view the spectacle now of this guy commanding this room. Yeah, that's I feel like cool. that's more entertaining as a comic, especially if it's a comic that you've seen all over town for years now. Mm -hmm. Like, what else are they going to say that's going to make you laugh? Probably not all that much because they're at a book show. They're trying to yeah. use the same go-to hitters, yes. which you've heard a thousand times, even if they're still funny to you. But it's just like, now you're just, okay, which crowds did he captivate? And then let me look. I just want to watch that show. You know, yeah. that's what I feel like. I, I agree with you. There, and there's nothing like a room full of people laughing. You know what I mean? That energy is like, like, that's a drug, right. you know, even to be in that audience when you laugh and everyone around you is laughing. It's like, you know, you could watch Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, but yo, if you were there at the cellar when he dropped in and right. did two hours and it was just riffing with Chris Rock and it's like, oh my God, yeah. were, it, to be there and like, it's like you are like hanging out with those guys yeah. and that's, that's still a great feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they can chop it up and edit it and you can they can put that actual set on Netflix, but you weren't there and um, It's kind of like I remember when uh, when Dumb and Dumber uh, came out in theaters I don't know if we talked about this on the last pod But it was think so. in the time I was like that's the funniest movie I've ever seen because I saw it in the theater and it was crazy funny and uh, Is that your all-time funniest movie you've seen? No, of course not. I, I, I'd have to think about it to see what's what's the funniest. I don't even... I agree, I agree with you, man. It's like it's hard for me to be blown away by content now. I think The Big Lebowski is incredibly funny. I, it, I don't know if it's aged well or not. It was, it, it was very funny to me when I was 20 years old. But uh, Dumb and Dumber is so great when you're watching it with a group of people who are... Uh, uh, who it's washing over them at the same time, and you're, you're just... But if you watch, if we throw it on now and it's just me and you, we'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's a contagiousness and it's a, it's a, I mean, I just saw uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie and I'm, I'm laughing out loud at a whole bunch of stuff and it was a packed theater and it was, uh, it was an experience. Were you the only one laughing? Oh no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen to me at, at comedy shows though. Like I'll laugh at premises cause just cause like the way the guy will say a premise or like an awkward transition. Right, right. I've been at the comedy cellar and I was the only person who laughed out loud before. And I was like, 
Really? Am I stupid? It sounds strange. I can't imagine a... I do it. I do it at mics. I do it all the time. I think I'm a... No, I just mean for the comedy show because it's like such a hot room all the time. Oh, yeah. No, it was just like a random word. Oh, okay. Something that they It wasn't said. meant to be a punchline. Listen, just... I was probably high. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, but I, I love comedy so much that I'm, I'm laughing at stuff that's... Sometimes I'll just laugh at the dumbest premise and I'll just be like... Ha! I know you're about to do a joke, and that makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been I, I don't there. Know if I might be uh, brain damaged. No, no, that's, that's that's definitely happened to me too. I, actually, just yesterday it happened to me. I, I went to um, Jimmy's mic for the first time in a long time. Yeah, and um, and just like some of the just some of the words placed in a certain order just got me. I was just like, oh my god, yeah. you know, just like this involuntary, like you know. Yeah, I think that's why there's still room for a comedy to grow. Uh, you know, we, I. You know, like when Nanette came out and I was, and people were like, oh, there's no jokes in there. Uh, first of all, you go back, it's like full of killing jokes. Like there's like uh, one-liners in there. There's, there's honestly like every, she, her laughs per minute is, is, is high. It, it is a real comedy special. It's not just like a social PSA or whatever. Um, so I think like there's still going to be comedy coming out of like, you know, South Africa and Russia and maybe, maybe not Russia, but <laughs> it'd be cool to see like a, a Ukrainian comic blow up. Well, I was, I was going to say, I don't know that that's going to happen. Cause I think you need a quote modernized perspective. What I mean by that is like these places that don't get all this stand up comedy, like let alone us that we're just like consumed yeah. and surrounded by comedy all the time. So we have to find ways of evolving it. Otherwise we just won't even try it. We'll just be like, no, nah, I've heard that before. I'm not going to say that. Right. Yeah, so you're always right. trying to find something new. Uh -huh. Whereas with these other quote markets, if, if standup comedy is still relatively new there, you're still getting the knock knock jokes. They're still at that level. Yeah. True, you know what true, I'm true. saying? It's like so, a third world developing countries that just got like flip phones or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. That's, that's what I equate it to. At least that's what I think is going on. Cause I, I can speak for Iran. Right. So like, Growing up, I remember the kinds of jokes I would hear at like family gatherings or like my parents would have friends over and then they would laugh and, and tell jokes. And um, and they were just so corny. They were just like, <laughs> these would not work in a U.S. market because the U.S. market yeah. comedy has evolved decades, you know. So it's I feel like that's kind of a factor. But yeah. I mean, I, I've seen, you know, Austral maybe Australia is not a good example because it's not like been deprived of comedy but i would say yeah like a russia type of place i don't know that you would expect like a top-notch talent to come out of there unless it's like some freak accident i don't know yeah I, I i you know it's true there is a lot of uh, there's definitely a lag time uh i work in a uh, ukrainian restaurant and uh <laughs> i showed up there on uh, rollerblades the other day to grab some water i was in the neighborhood and i needed a glass of water and so a bunch of guys came outside to to look at me on rollerblades and they were like, ho, 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 you're gay. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. That's the joke. You know, wow. <laughs> good, good one. It's, yeah. it's not the most insightful. Right. Well, there's also a, a component of like, I don't know if they're a comedy type of person, you know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. there's a lot of homophobia in uh, Eastern Europe too. I mean, all over the world. <laughs> so like, yeah, like we live in New York city. Like we think like every, okay, it's fine. Everyone's gay, whatever, who cares? But it's like in the rest of the world, it's like, it, that's not cool yet. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. A lot of the world is not caught up to that. And, and they still think it's funny to be like, oh, gay. That's the, best, <laughs> that's the top level of comedy yeah. in some places. And what's funny is if you knew to have your level that low, like you could probably get more laughs. Because uh, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I feel like because you, you're thinking, how do I get someone to, to make me laugh? And maybe it may be a uh, 
a threshold that's just like way too high for like the yeah, average person yeah. to laugh. I, yeah, I feel like a lot of us, we're, we're overthinking it a little. Like we're trying to like, it's like we're trying to make the next iPhone of jokes, you know what I mean? Like, whereas like the regular person's like, dude, just give me an iPhone 6, I don't care. I don't need like all, you know what I mean? Like they, they just want, oh, tell me a funny joke about, uh, you know, a wedding you went to or tell me a funny joke about... Ha ha, you know, you know, when your kids are home for the summer, or, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what normal people uh, hear <laughs> jokes about. Well, I listen to some of these specials, man, like, and I just, I'm not laughing. And I'm just like, I've, I'm clearly not meant for this crowd or maybe it just doesn't carry over via video. I don't, I don't fucking know, but I, I think uh, there's a big problem with, uh, uh, guys like Louis. I mean, there aren't guys like Louis, Louis in his own category, but Louis decided to start making a special a year and the whole industry was like, oh, that's what we have to do. And it takes a long time to make an hour of material. Yeah. You could, you could film a special every year if you want to, but is it going to be good? Is it going to be special? You know, like there's this th thing of uh, that's the new business model. And it's like, uh, I don't, Michelle Wolf has just recorded, recorded a new special. And I was like, didn't her last special just come out? But it was a couple years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it too could be like someone could have a lot of material and they just found a way to get two specials out of it, you know, in a short period of time. That's yeah. also possible just to play devil's advocate or not devil's advocate. But, but I mean, come on, man. Yeah. No one's, uh, no one's got a, an hour of bangers and then can make another hour of bangers within the 12 months. It's not- it's, No, I agree. I'm just saying if, if they've worked on, let's say, I don't, cause I don't know her work very much to be honest with you, but uh, other than the um, correspondence dinner, I, I really haven't seen much of her stuff. Yeah. But I imagine she's been doing stand up for years and she's years and years. She's hard worker. I mean, right. She was probably a bad example to say. Yeah. But. No, no, I, but I totally get what you're saying. It's yeah. like, uh, it's I, I've seen a lot of that. Other comics have talked about it too, where like people are like scheduling their special mm. to be shot and they haven't even like, thought of the hour yet which is so hilarious to me it's like are you that <laughs> cocky like what i, I want to see a special where a guy just like halfway through it is like oh, what do you guys want to talk about <laughs> you know, just, and then and then it working you know what i mean it'd be yeah. so cool to see some real real crowd work in a special not like todd barry's like crowd work the whole thing he he does a special where he it's all crowd oh really work, but huh. it's chopped up over like you know 15 different uh shows in different cities but uh where's this on Netflix? It's just called Crowdwork. On uh, Netflix? I think it's uh, available in every pa somewhere? platform. Uh, somewhere. Okay, somewhere I'll, I'll have another. to look that up because that'd be interesting to see. Uh, I've been debating doing that just like, because I can't think of new material currently, okay. but I still want to get on stage. So like, I'm just wondering, should I just do the whole, what do you want to talk about for like five fucking minutes? Just like, yeah. see if I can come up with something. I don't know. Cause yeah. it's not my strength. So I feel like I should just do it. I don't know. I debate with that too. I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to do? Run over these jokes that I kind of, fell out of love with. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel right now. I'm just yeah. like, ugh, yuck. They say you got to get on stage a lot. Like, it's all about getting on stage. Right. But I think if you're getting on stage without material, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're, I guess you're getting more comfortable on stage and something's going to come of it. But like, it does kind of feel like you're just throwing $5 in the river when you go to a mic and you're just like, Oh, what's up guys? Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely, cause I've been struggling with this, man. It's just like, oh, man. you feel like you want to quit, but it's just like, why would I quit? I'm seeing yeah. so many funny people out here doing their yeah, thing. Yeah. I, yeah. You every know. time I bump up against it, I see the people who are working really hard. Like the guy, you know, those guys that you'll see at every mic. Yeah. They're getting somewhere. Yeah. Like I know, I know a lot of guys who are, one guy's making a, making an hour. He's taping a, uh, an album, not a, not a, a special, but a, an album. He's been at every mic for like six years. Um, listen, day in and day out, 
is that a very depressing life? Yes. Yeah. And are you going to feel like doing comedy every day? No. And there, it, it's, it's that grind, like you said, that's just going to fucking sand all the funny out of it. Like not <laughs> Yeah, so what's the balance? What's the right answer here? What's the move? I don't fucking know, man. It's, uh, it's yeah. annoying. You know? I, I think that it, I think it's sort of like uh, wanting to be a comedian is like walking through the desert uh, with the North Star as your light and the and the water is comedy and like you, you you don't see any water in the desert as you're walking and walking and you just look up at that star and you're like that's where I'm headed and this day to day shit sucks but if I keep following that star I'm gonna uh, eventually find the oasis which is uh, the comedy cellar or something now, I don't know. now here's the issue with that right like I thought the same thing for a long time but then I'm sitting back and I'm just like you know how some people try at this and try at this and just never make it of course yeah what if you are that person yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. at what point do you have to just say maybe i'm one of those people and i should really stop torturing myself here you know like uh, when do you know someone someone said that i think it was i think it was louis and he said uh it takes about 10 or 15 years uh to become a good comic but it also takes that long to find out you're not a good comic. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, it's funny. It's like, are, are we throwing our lives away? Yeah. But, uh, dude, you're, you're, come on, you're all in. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, not I'm, gonna go. You're not gonna do anything else. That well, I have other stuff I'm doing. You know, right? But, but like in terms of comedy, like, like for you to like, you've you have you have like jumped into the puddle so big that for you to like like step out and be like. Never mind. People will be like, "What was that?" You know, like you're you're in. I don't think they would care. I don't think I don't think anyone would even bat an eye. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, I guess I haven't seen him in a while." Well, huh? Listen, man, okay. you made seventy podcasts already. So people are <laughs> invested in what yeah, you have right. to say. No, I mean, well, I definitely am. I'm the one putting them on. Uh, right, but right. Um, yeah, it's it, that's kind of the same idea because my podcast is by no means like a, a major viewing of right. my channel, let alone in general for people. Right. But uh, but there are some dedicated listeners which is super dope yeah and it's it is that north star idea it's like dude i'm just gonna keep chugging along and maybe by episode 300 maybe yeah. something's happened you know also do you like what you're doing because it can get tough at mics but i you have to fall back in love with going to mics you have to fall back in love with writing and with uh the excitement like do you, do you still get like that that nervous stomach thing when you're like all right i'm next and then yeah. they call your name and it's like this. Whoop. Yeah, because I want to be funny. Something's about to happen. Right, and, right. And, and, and whether I'm about to kill or I'm about to bomb, I still have this wild excitement about when I'm about to go up. And I've been doing comedy for six years and it's been mostly just miserable. But I, that feeling is never, I don't think it's going to go away. It's, it's exciting. Eh, like yeah, but is it exciting enough to keep doing? That's, that's the thing, you know? Yeah, no. Dude, I, I I do think like we're all, we're all just kind of like pushing mud up a hill. Like we're just it's it feels like a like a struggle, but um, it is it is a voluntary struggle. I I, I overheard a comic the other day at an open mic. He was like, he was really like uh like bathing in that whole tortured or artist thing. He was like, oh, I hate when comics are like, I'm so happy to be here. Like, I really want to be here. He's like, I don't want to be here. He's like, I have to be here. He's like, I have to make this joke work or I'm going to jump off the bridge. And I was like, dude, what the just, fuck? Just kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, nobody, first of all, no one needs another comic. We don't, we have all the comedy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no one needs you. Like, if, if you are just carrying the weight of the world of like oh, my struggle to be a comic like 
I don't think you're ever going to matter because you should have a joy about it. It should be something that whether you blow up or you just stay with the same amount of followers and you just keep doing Otto's Shrunken Head until... Oof. Well, I don't want to do that. No, that is, that is a sad <laughs> that is a sad proposition. But like, I think like doing it for the sake of you love it, and and then because you love it, you do it the best you can. Then I, something's going to happen. Something good's going to come of it. It has to. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm um, destroying myself getting there. That's interesting. And I'm just like, is is all this destruction worth? whatever I'm headed towards, which I haven't even fully defined for myself. Like, I don't have a set goal of like, oh, comedy seller, uh, Netflix special, right, uh, yeah. this or that. I don't have a set thing. Maybe you know? maybe it's good to be destroyed, though, because I, I agree with you. I think comedy would... I used to think comedy was making me a worse person because in conversations, I would just be like, this is boring, you know, cut to the punchline. You know, my mom, my mom told me this incredible story of how my cousin has a long-lost brother but she took six minutes to tell me the story. And I was like, mom, you got to get to the punchline. And right. I was like, come on. She's like, I didn't know how to, I was like, mom, this, I mean, come on. <laughs> Here's the thing though. You're never going to get passed with that story. I, right. I say, I say the same thing to other people. I'm just saying, Hey, hey, let's go, let's go. But then when it's my turn to talk, I flesh out every fucking little detail that's yes. unnecessary. Yes. And why do I do it? I don't know. I, but what, what I was thinking of is you say you're destroying yourself. Uh, comedy is really humbling and I think it's important like being humble is so uh, not 2019 you know true, what I mean it's true. like oh being being uh, you're supposed to be like stunting you're supposed to be like brash and like you know I, I look at the confidence of young people and I'm like oh my god like how do you <laughs> but but doing comedy like humbles you and, and you're, you're thankful for the spots you do get and you're thankful for the laughs you get um, I think it's probably like burning away a lot of ego for you. You know what I mean? Well, I've never had a super big ego. And at, and any moment I did, I would always check it by calling myself a piece of shit oh, and okay. believing it. So, uh, <laughs> so I think I'm okay on the ego part. It was just like, because I, I knew coming into it, I wasn't going to be very funny to start. But mm -hmm. I knew I had to start somewhere until I get somewhere, right? Yeah. And I would definitely say I'm funnier now than I was a year ago, yeah. less than a year ago when I started. But um, <laughs> see, I was gonna say you've been doing comedy a couple of years now. No, <laughs> a couple of years. Everything's a couple. Oh of years. yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's uh, although it's starting to feel like that because it's just like fuck, man. This is such because I think I think I'm feeling something that someone told me once, which is like when you first start, you get this exponential growth in terms of like how good you're getting, but then uh -huh. you hit a point where like the the improvements are only incremental now. They're not like skyrocketing. So like my improvement from Mike zero to Mike five is the same kind of jump that I'll get only from doing mic 100 to 300. You know, it may take me 200 more mics to make that much of a jump. I have a, I've had a different uh, perspective. I think that in the first two years, I just really was saying stuff that I thought was funny that I didn't know how to convey properly. Like, I would crack myself up on stage, but if I would go back and listen to the tape, no one else was laughing. Right. Um, it was the ramblings of a madman. And through going to so much, seeing so much comedy, writing so much, trying so many different st uh, types of comedy, like what if I just try to tell a weird story up there? You know, what if I try to tell just one-liners? What if I do more like about my depression or about how I always feel insecure and I wanna please, you know what I mean? Like just try, like how about this, how about this, how about this? Like I think in the last year, I've gotten way better. 
and I'm in my sixth year of comedy now. I'm about to, you know, it's six years now. So that that thing of like that that boost that you're looking for to like to level up is totally coming for you. Like you just you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going. Um, yeah, but that's what I mean, man. It's just like keep going, keep going, keep destroying then, yourself, keep <laughs> destroying yourself. It's like fuck, man. It hurts. It's not. It's not a good paint, you know? It's like that gym soreness that just doesn't go away and you just don't see the muscles coming. So you're like, fuck, man. Yeah, you know? I, that's growth. That's that's telling you that your material needs to change. That's telling you you need to hit Oh, mics. you think? That's telling you your mics, <laughs> you need to hit more mics, you need to write more. That's what that is because if if you're- uh, So here's the thing though, right? Here's the thing, I those things are obvious as fuck, right? Yeah. So why is it then- my mind should go, okay, let's sit down and write some today because you want to be funny later yes. tonight or tomorrow or next yes. week. But then nothing comes. You're just like, well, maybe I just don't got it. You know, maybe uh, I just don't. Got I don't, it. I don't know how to sit down and write either. I tell myself all the time, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go out to the coffee shop and I'm going to write and then I'll go to a mic later. And usually what happens is I drink too much coffee and I end up a sneaker shop. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, but you know what? Like, I'll write in the shower. I actually wrote two jokes while I was rollerblading here, which was very dangerous. Let's let's hear them. Let's <laughs> all right, cool. Let's workshop yeah, like, them now. Uh, Fuck like, it. Um, keep your brain on, because oh, my like, brain's always on. But that's my point. Is like sometimes I'm just sitting there with my brain on and nothing's coming. Yeah, not that it should. It's not like you just sit there and zoom, you get hit with an idea. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that does happen to me. I'm just saying, like, to actively sit down and be like, okay, time to come up with the next yeah, big joke. I, I like, don't know anyone who can do that, but I know like guys like Jerry Seinfeld uh, will schedule time and they'll sit down and they'll write. Jerry Seinfeld has written a lot of great jokes over the years, and he's a big proponent. Did you ever see that special that he did uh, where he, uh, I don't know if it was comedian or it was the newer one, where he said, he, he showed his old calendar and it was like, it was like 28 days out of the whole month where he wrote for five hours a day and he has an X through those days. And he says it, it bothered him so much to see a day where there wasn't an X that he was like, he's like OCD about it. He's like, I have to get my X every day. Um, and I think if you, if you have the patience and the diligence to actually sit down and write, five hours is, is insane. I, no one even works for five hours a day anymore. I'm convinced of it. If you, you know what I mean? Like, you're there, you're present, but you're not actually working the whole time. So, I mean, uh, if you, I think if you could write for half an hour a day, that's a great goal to have. And, and something will come. There's no way you're going to sit there for 30 minutes every day and nothing's going to come. So. Well, I'll uh, I'll challenge you to that. But we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. But, yeah, let's let's workshop a couple of yours, then I'll pull out a couple oh, of mine. We'll see where this, we're at. Uh, I was thinking, I was messaging you because I was running late. I was like uh, 2.30. I was like 2.20, and then I was like 2.30, LOL. And then I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if you get a text from someone that said, oh, I'll be right there. I'm just, I'm a block away. And then they get hit by a car <laughs> and die. <laughs> and so, so for your whole life, uh, you just keep thinking that that person's a block away, and it's like they're haunting you. <laughs> This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> They're not all bangers. Um, I'm trying. I'm just trying to think of how because I see the funny thought in it, but I don't. I'm trying to think for you how I would rewrite that. I would be like, uh, "Dude, he said he was a block away. It's like maybe he's still right behind me." <laughs> but then, so what kills that joke for me is like knowing that you must have figured out at some point, whether it's today or maybe a month from now, if it takes that long for you to find out that your friend however good or bad of a friend he is that you finally find out he dies. <laughs> like, wouldn't that kill the, 
Wouldn't but, that kill the moment? But he was coming to you. He was a block away, and then he never got there, and then he died. And then yeah, I don't know. Your don't funny know. thought is that you're haunted by the idea that he's always a block away. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, would wouldn't the haunting stop once you found out that he was dead? Well, because he, he's dead now. He is haunting you. He's dead. He's a ghost. <laughs> so his so how about his ghost is always a block away. So yes. it's like you're scared, but you know you got some room to run. If he starts catching up, something like that. I, I, I don't yeah, know. he's coming for me. <laughs> he's yeah. always a block away, so I got to keep moving. So maybe the way to make it funnier is like beefing up the premise beforehand. So like instead of, so your friend was coming over. In this case, you were you were using this concrete example. You coming to see me, and the reason for that was a podcast. But let's let's try to warp the premise so that it creates a reason for him to be haunting. Like why would he? Why would your friend be on his way to come oh, see he's you? He's like, hey man, I got some real shit to talk to you about. And it's like, uh, you know, I don't really want to freak you out about it, but I, I really just need to talk to you in person. Right. I'm a, I'll be right there. I'm a block away. <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> so that, okay, so that adds a little bit more you know what I mean? credibility to the joke. But I feel like you still need a specific example of like, you, you need to, in my opinion, at least, you would need to hash out exactly what that was. Yeah. Even if you never found out, yes. the audience needs to know what he was coming to tell you. Yeah. And it has to be something that you could link to being haunted with for the rest of your life. I don't know. Maybe he was coming over to tell you you were going to get AIDS from him or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, I, can't <laughs> I can't think of like what would help the haunting become funny. I feel like this is a Goosebumps episode <laughs> or chapter or something. But that's, yeah, but it's kind of like a storybook. It's like there has to be stakes, right? So, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe the stakes from that premise of, oh, I got to tell you something in, in person, that piqued my interest, but it didn't satisfy the connection to the ghost being a block away forever to be funny enough. That's interesting. At least for me. I, I thought of it more as like a one-liner, like, oh, my friend was uh, coming to see me and he said he was a block away and then he died. And, uh, now his ghost is always a block away. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I don't know. So I think that actually works a little bit better because you kept it shorter, but you also, we also added the whole ghost as a block away. Okay, cool. Because before you were just like, now he's just haunting me. Yeah, okay, right. right Which right. I'm just like, all right. His ghost is always, <laughs> his ghost being a block away sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, I think we figured it out. Dude. That was bop. Now we'll, now we'll go to a mic and it won't work and we'll want to kill ourselves. No, I, well, I'm just saying, it, I think we improved that idea thanks i think yeah i think so actually i, I like it too because i didn't even come up with the final one. you you because i started with adding the ghost being a black way but then i kept it going to some direction you didn't want to take it and then you brought it back to what you wanted which was a one-liner yeah and because of everything we discussed you found the way to keep it a one-liner so yeah. that's kind of cool i good think good looks man good looks this is why i think more people need to sit down and write together because i don't think i'm very funny especially not a writer yeah. but I think collaboration always, if not almost always, is productive as opposed to, yes. you know, disruptive. Even if it's two unfunny people sitting together, I would trust two unfunny people to eventually come up with something funny enough versus one guy sitting alone trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's true. I think that uh, I never really ran my jokes by anybody for a long time, and so I just stayed bad. But they're not. <laughs> even, but this wasn't even a joke. This was a funny thought you had on the way over here. Right, right, right. And we just turned it into a one-liner. Fuck yeah, dude. And you're gonna try it. At some yeah. places, it may work better than others. I but I just thought of a of a second part of it oh, too. Oh, let's do it. And it's like uh, he never texted me back, so he ghosted me. <laughs> okay, see, yeah, <laughs> I he's like a, this. And he's a, his ghost is always a block away. Something like that. Okay, yeah. So, no, this is perfect because he, yeah, using ghost thing is perfect because he literally ghosted you. Yes. 
He, I was literally ghosted. Yeah. That's maybe that's not the punch, but that's like an it's emphasis like, yeah, in like the a, joke. An extra tag or something. Yeah, yeah. Or... It's like because it's ghosting the concept, which everyone knows. Yeah. As, well, if you have a younger audience, I think you need a younger texting audience. I don't there, think you could go. pull that joke off with adults who don't oh, text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because adults don't know what ghosting is. Yeah. You know. Ghosting. I bet every. Adult, Unless you explained it up top, I don't know. <laughs> I think adults just act like just ghost people like way more frequently, and it's not even like if, like if two fifty-year-old buddies are in a text conversation, and one of them asks a question like, "You want to grab dinner later?" and the other one never responds, like neither of them care. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, eh, I'll see you down at racket. I must be busy doing something. <laughs> real. Yeah, yeah, they don't sit by the phone like, yeah. oh my god, like exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that was that was good. You yeah. said you had another one. Um, yeah, did I? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I love this time of year. I love when September is coming around because I was a nerd in high school, in, in school. And I really love the structure of school because like just having all the periods and having the, uh, homework, I didn't love home. I just liked the structure of school and the summertime, like in school, it was all about like, Oh, I got a 90 on a, on a quiz and I got a triple double in gym class. Yeah. I kept stats. <laughs> so what? <laughs> um, and then there was soccer practice after school or whatever. There was just so much structure about my life. But in the summertime, it was all about smoking weed and touching boobs. And I wasn't good at either of those. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be good at smoking weed? Cause I don't smoke weed. Hmm. I can't, I like, you know what I mean? Like in the summertime, it's, I was, I was a very, uh, a nervous and anxious person. And in the summer, there was nowhere to put that anxiety. It was just like, it just, it was like the day was like 47 hours long and I hate myself. <laughs> All right. So that I don't think would be relatable to a crowd that's coming to see a comedy show. Cause in general, they're happy go lucky. They like the summer. They, and everyone loves the summer as a kid. And nobody likes school. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, so maybe you can play within that to be like, how do I flip it so that I make school look like the misery or I'm sorry, make school look like the joyful time. Yeah. And not, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I know everyone, everyone's working for the weekend. Everyone can't wait for summer break. School's out for summer, right? Well, not for me. That's when the madness sets. Right, in. Right. That's when everyone's out here had pool parties, smoking joints, touching boobs. <laughs> so now you're saying all that and, and the audience is like, uh, and so like, I don't know that they're going to follow yeah. that. That's not something you're good at yeah. just based on those words you were using. I almost think it'd be, it, this might be better as like a skit, like, uh, like, uh, the nervous nerds of summertime, you know, like, uh, how do they cope? I, you know, like, uh, we, well, yeah. Cause then at least as a skit, you've already established with the title, the, the, the realm, which is yeah. nervous kids yeah. in the summer. Yeah. So clearly it's summertime. These kids are nervous. Why? You're going to find out in a minute. Yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah. that's. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. I mean, uh, dude, you have the juices. They're still, <laughs> they're in you still. Well, I mean, I haven't made them funny yet. I'm just like redirecting you to other stuff to consider, but it's still not a finished product. So I don't know no, that no, it's, no. it doesn't I, matter until it's finished. Because a lot of people have funny ideas, but that they never go anywhere. It always, it always interests. I think that uh, as we develop as comedians, it's important to go to those those rooms in your mind that you keep coming back to, but you're like. I don't know what's in that room. It's a it's a messy room. You know what I mean? Like there's there's feelings in that room, but I can't identify them. Right, right. Yeah, like, you can't articulate them yeah, to like, a fucking I audience. Yeah, I used to get depressed in the summer, and I was like, "What is that?" I was like, "There's sun, there's fun, 
there's was it could could you maybe use an angle of loneliness was there was there an angle of loneliness like i used to see all my friends in school but i'm such a fucking loser no one wants to hang out with me outside of school yeah so now in the summertime (laughs) there's no school at all so i can't even see them then so now it's just like pure lonely misery that that's the angle i would take yes and i relate to that just by having a summer birthday because like everyone else got a fucking Hey, happy birthday. Like 80 people told you happy birthday in one day. In the back, school. Back in school times, before yeah. cell phones, before social media. Yeah. The only way you were told happy birthday is if people fucking saw you and knew it was your birthday. <laughs> so that's that's the only reason I hated summer birthdays because I was like, no one's around to fucking wish me a happy so birthday. So my birthday is February 3rd. And a lot of times it's on the Super Bowl. So like that's something. Uh, it's also the day after Groundhog's Day, so it's the it's the good part of the Bill Murray movie. Like, if he gets to February third, that means it's a, it's a happy ending for him. But uh, you know, it's it's a sad, sad time of year. February is probably the most depressing month, uh, and I was always jealous of people with summer birthdays because they got pool parties. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, my point is, if you had friends, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big caveat there. Yeah. <laughs> or a pool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or a pool. Yeah. Um, the other. I mean, I I had I had friends growing up, but like. I've started to realize actually that I think I'm extremely lonely because there's no one I can like fully talk to fully. Yeah. So like I have a particular kind of relationship with my parents where I can't say certain things are from them because I oh, just, yeah. the parent child dynamic is such that I just can't do it. Oh dude, that's another you know? one I, I wrote about that on my way over too. Like the idea of like, you know, we're all doing f- some fake shit in our lives and it's like, have you ever had a real conversation with your mom? Like a real one. Right. You know, you're always like, yeah, mom, I'll see you for brunch and yeah, I'll be wearing the khakis and it's like, you want to be like, mom, I don't think things are going to get better for me. <laughs> I think they've gotten as good as they're going to get. We can stop expecting, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, <laughs> like, but even, even more specific conversations, like, you know, I, I, I will, there will never be a time where I'll go up to my mom and like tell her, the coolest thing that just happened in the TV show I just watched. Just even something as simple yeah, as that. I just, yeah. that's not a conversation we can have. Yeah. Um, same thing with like <laughs> comedians. I can say certain things around them, but not others. And then, you know, I have a friend group where like certain things I appeal to me don't appeal to them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just any and everybody, yeah, right? Compartmentalizing. Like, it's, yeah. uh, uh, with a I girlfriend, you can't have certain discussions with them that you can't have with, with, uh, your boys. And then all the way around. So, like, there's always these fragments, at least in my case, where, like, I can't be my one true self with one specific person, let alone a multiple of them. This is another, uh, I, I really relate to this topic a lot. I had, I had an idea for a one-liner the other day, which was, uh, I, uh, I, I want to go to a party, but uh, every time I go to a party, I'm there. Ugh, I hate that guy. <laughs> That's the reason. And then the other thing, idea of, like, I want to invite all my friends to a party, but then... I'll have to bring all my personalities, like all the like who I am to each person, uh, and my brain will explode. Something like that. Too much work. Yeah. yeah how, I mean, do, how do you make all, that? That's all wordy, but but the, the concept of that is what's important because I can. No, use- I meant literally, it's too much work on your brain. But, oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's but also, yeah, the joke also does need work um, to yeah, punch like, it up. Like how I am with you isn't how I am with Jimmy Peoples right. and uh, how I am with my brother, and it, it, it uh, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of gymnastics. Uh, based on who I'm around, and I'm really susceptible to peer pressure. Uh, I do have a problem with uh, dr- uh, drinking and uh, drugs and stuff, and uh, I- I'm discovering who I am now because I-, I haven't done drugs in uh, a year and a half or so. I can't really. Oh damn! It's on delay. <laughs> I don't know how to fucking fix this thing, man. It's always on delay. Anyway. Also, it's it's kind of quiet. It's kind of like a short sound. It could go longer. No, it, it does go longer. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank <laughs> I love you. how you just wanted more applause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can take it where we get it. You're a real comic. <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't get to tell you that. Uh, I don't. I don't get this elation from laughs. I just get relief. It's like, oh, that worked. Okay, Phew. interesting. Like, I don't, I don't walk off from a good set and go, fuck you. Mm. You know, I just go, woo. You know? Uh, yeah. What? Uh, Maybe because I know it's not real yet. It's not the seller. It's not a special. It's not a actual. Th- I don't know. Because it's still all just open mics. Uh, I mean, I've done a couple shows, but uh, but even then, I was just like, because it's almost it's almost shows to me at this stage of where I'm at. It's um, and I'm sure it's it holds true for everybody continuously to some extent but tell me if i'm wrong but like you feel obligated now to provide laughs because it's a show right so it's all and and you're so you're going to resort to those jokes that you know have had laughs in the past so now you're just going through the motions and then when it actually gives you the feedback you did want or hoped you'd be like what a relief that i thought that would work and it did work as expected i don't i don't feel a responsibility to do my corniest jokes you know what i mean my you know my uh the ones that i'm not you know what i mean like the ones that you're sick of but you're like "Eh, i could get some laughs out of that uh because it's a it's a bar show it's a free show uh i like that it's kind of actually when it's a free show maybe it's a little yeah bar shows are I, I, i like to do jokes that i'm happy with that uh i'm excited to get up on stage and tell um I fall out of love with jokes pretty quickly um, because I'll do them for a while. They're all trash. Am I right? God damn it. (laughs) Uh, I'll do it for a while. They'll kind of work. So I'll do them at my show for like a month. And then I'll be like, I can't, I don't want to fucking say this one anymore. And so I think that's the, that's the process of finding uh, the ones that you do like that do work. And I always wondered like, is, is there such a thing as a comic who uh, is a slave to his jokes. Like he hates his jokes, but they kill, so he has to do them. And uh, I think that would really suck because then it's like you're you're just you're not doing comedy. You're like uh, reciting comedy. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I'm just like so out of touch with watching comedy now because yeah. it's just like I've either seen literally this act already or I've already kind of know where this is headed. Yeah. And um, but I would argue if you are a good enough comedian where you're coming up with killer material, yeah, you should be able to come up with more. Yes. You know, because yeah. that, yeah. that killing came from your perspective, not from you discovering certain words yeah, you, to put you, you together you and there's only so the, many. You didn't hack a code. You, uh, you became, you, 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 you become in touch with your voice. Yeah. Right, and, right. and people are liking your voice now. Right, so, right. so you're at the point now where whatever you say, they are, they're like, I like what this guy's got right, to say. They'll, right. they'll, they'll take a ride with you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, what you're looking for. Hell yeah, know? hell yeah, dude. That I totally agree with that. I used to say like Louis could read the phone book, and I'd laugh at it because I just love the way he talks. Yeah, because you've you've built a trust from him that you're like, okay, anytime he puts something out, I'm with in. with that voice of his, I'm into it. You yeah, know? or yeah. at least I'm going to give it a chance. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man, I, I, I've I've felt the same thing. Like I have a show coming up in um, uh, Broadway Comedy Club. Okay, and uh, I'm just like, fuck, man, I don't I don't want to do. The hitters. I don't want to. I want to have a new act for it, but it's just like that's silly. That's like it's not going to fly. How do you, you know? feel about uh, like crowd work? I know we were talking about it a little bit before. I wish I was much better are at you it. A bit of a ham. I don't know. What I does feel that like, mean? Are you like ham? Like hey, hey, everybody, how you doing? What's up? Oh, this girl, she knows what I'm talking. Do you ever do any of like mm, that, like cheesy schmaltzy? Nah, not really. So are you sh- are you too shy for that? Yeah. Or are you like you are too shy for it? And I don't 
think I'm funny enough for it, but it is something I should just try to do more. But what I'll, what I, what I, the, when I typically resort to it, it's when, uh, the, the crowd of uh, open mic is like literally four people or less. If it's four people or less, I'm not fucking doing my material. Like why, okay. why am I doing it? Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. Are you, are you, have you ever thought about hosting? Just trying it? I have hosted, uh, granted it was in Iowa, but, uh, I haven't hosted anything here. Yeah. Uh, but hosting is really so far. So like I've done it twice now. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite thing in the world. No, no. I mean, but it's, it's kind of like a... Yeah, it's kind of a necessary skill. And I'm saying I, I got better at it the second time than the first time. So yeah. maybe it's just this uncomfortable zone that I should keep exploring. Right, right, But right. yeah, I just, I don't, it's just not my favorite to like open the show. Yeah, people, I mean, people say it's a valuable skill. It's, it's... Stage, oh, of course it's, it's a valuable skill. And it, you work on stage presence. And uh, also, I think that there's one thing that guys that are good at hosting, they have this thing that other comics don't. Whereas, like, if their com if their comedy isn't hitting, they have a, a whole arsenal in their back pocket that other comics don't have. Which is, oh, this guy, what do you want to talk about? You know what I mean? They can go just start riffing right. on the crowd, right. and then the crowd is gonna be like, oh my god, he's funny on the spot, and that just for some reason, dude, it's just like the, it's the pure. Funny, it tickles motherfuckers. Yeah, it's like, pure. Like, yeah, because like I said, comics and uh, an audience alike, like everyone can enjoy good crowd work because yeah. it's it's real, it's it's yeah. raw, and it's in the moment. Granted, some of it you have prepared, like, especially if you're like one of these road comics who, or just, if you've been a comic long enough, you've come up with certain scenarios so many times mm -hmm. that the next time it comes up, you know exactly what kind of crowd work sure, to do. Sure, But yeah. I, I think that's still valuable because it's still an on-the-spot decision. None of that's rehearsed clearly, you know? Uh, yeah, I think when, when, when I'm at a show and a comic is like, you know that like a thousand yard stare where like they're not even in the room they're just doing their jokes yep. the worst waiting for the laughs the laughs come but ain't nobody got time for this ain't nobody got time for this exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just takes you out of the room and so somebody can have the best written set and just go up there and do great with it but if the next guy like really plays with the room a little bit he's going to get more out of them and, and they're going to remember that more because yeah. it's going to feel intimate. Right. No, I mean, that's literally what I did last, uh, yesterday. It was, I just kind of did crowd work. I was like, Hey, you had the comic right before me. You had amazing eye contact, which <laughs> I really suck at. So I'm just going to stare at you for the next like couple of minutes if that's cool. So like that's, and you see how you were laughing The other people in the crowd started to laugh a little bit. And that's what's up. I just kind of went around the room. I shit on the host a little bit, but then <laughs> I was just like, this is actually literally what I told him. I'm like, Dude, I, I got to be honest with you. I really didn't like your act. But, yeah, and then the, exactly, then the whole room's like, oh! And I'm like, let me finish, let me finish. But your cadence and your rhythm was such that it, like, kept me tuned in. And you had these glistening eyes that were so beautiful. And I just, like, went off on that whole tangent. Funny. So, yeah, that's, so that's, that, that was me, quote, working the crowd. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tried a couple other of my jokes, which I've tried in Iowa, I've tried a couple places here and it has worked. Mm -hmm. There, it just fell flat. I don't know if it was just... Someone once said, people, a, a crowd can feel when you're not even trying yeah, or like when you're yeah. not sold on your own material. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of my bits where I'm just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying this. You what know? about this? I was, at a, I was at a mic and I said something really off the cuff that uh, killed... And so I tried to replicate that at the next mic, and it felt I felt so insincere and fake, and I was like, Is that, ugh, ah. just, <laughs> yeah, because not only did it not work, you didn't fucking 
wanted to work. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't work. It's like, yuck. So it's I, th- I think the best way to be a comic is to be present in your jokes, to be like living in the jokes so yeah. that people see you're not like, oh, I was walking to the mall one day. You know what I mean? Take us to the mall with you. Right, like, right. I'm in the mall right now. So be in your, live in your jokes and then also live in the room where you're doing the jokes. You know what I mean? Like, so this hyper awareness that like, you know, as you're telling the story, you have to be able to see what they see and be like, hmm, someone just farted, didn't they? You know what I mean? Like something's happening in the yeah. room while you're doing your thing and the, and, uh, the best comics can kind of pick up on stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, no, it's, you're right, man. It's, it's a hard thing, but uh, yeah, I'm working on it. I want to take a left turn with you, if that's all right. I'm not, I don't want to steer the ship. But Let's do it. Your skirt. You have a skirt. Is that <laughs> in there? Uh, what's the closest thing? Maybe um, a... Streaking? What about a breaking glass? Anything? Nah, just maybe this one. Oh! oh he got him. These are <laughs> fake. Oh, you confirmed it? I got him. I bought fake Nike Prestos on ebay and Dude, yeah i see I'm the chinese happy. tag right there are you <laughs> fucking serious yeah, but bro no one's gonna be looking in my shoe yeah but i mean you know so i uh i'm working dude it's actually inspired me to write a bunch of jokes because i was like you know what man i'm at an age in my life where just enjoy your life enjoy the shoes I know that the sneaker community is going to hate on me, but <laughs> there's only 500 actual sneakerheads in the world, and most people would make fun of me if I bought $2,500 sneakers. Actually, I'm going to go grab, going. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab my pair real Let's quick. do a side-by-side. Let's see. And I know mine are going to fail in comparison, but uh, they're really in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they just feel wrong to me. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so this is mine yeah just just touch oh, yeah just touch the 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 fly knit and compare yeah yeah, yeah it's like not even close if you stick right? your fingers in in the shoe too there's a it's a very it's very uh firm yeah it. yours is extremely firm this is yeah. very and even just the look of it let me just and the, the tongue is supposedly shorter the tongue is shorter uh, I can't tell. I'm and this, I do. They look very similar. No, I mean they're similar enough that no one can tell the difference unless they literally had a pair of them in their hands. Because yeah. no one's gonna do that. You're gonna be fucking wearing them on your yeah, shoe. Yeah. No one's gonna be like, hey, stop right there. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I was always so afraid of that of being called out by the nah, community, nah, nah. and it doesn't matter. Well, look, I mean, as long as you own it, as long as you own that it's fake, I oh, think yeah. you're fine. You know. I'm proud of myself. I bought some shoes that I've I've wanted those shoes for so long, and. Uh, Look at the tip of the swoosh on mine. That's you can see that that's that's fucked up. Mm, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because this one's this one's a lot sharper. It protrudes out too. Yep, yep, yep. And then what's the other? I think this orange piece is a little. Yeah, this is way way it stiffer. Is? It's stiffer and it's uh, longer. I think. You see that? A little oh, bit longer. Cool. What I else? I know those are irregular though. They can. They don't. They don't have the exact same. Yeah, and the font is uh, different. Oh yeah. See that? Well, or, or maybe mine's just a little more dirty, maybe. But it's, Honestly, it looks they, different. They look like the same exact shoe for, to me. And no, I mean you could you could definitely fool people with this. Yeah. But um, actually, what about the print on the inside of the uh, of the you know what I mean the off white uh, printing on the inside of the you know no on the side. Of yeah, the actually. Uh, what, oh, on the, the, on the inside. inside yeah. Let's see. Now, uh, disclaimer, do not send me people send me like legit check requests all the time. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm not a legit checker. 
And it's and the golden rule for me of legit checking is never do it over photos. Oh yeah. Because yeah. whether it's stock images or whatever, like you, that's not good enough. Like you need to hold them in hand. True, true. Just just literally pulling on the material was enough to tell me. And oh, you yeah, won't yeah. be able to tell that from just a photo. Right. Um, but let's see. I mean, this looks a little more faded than mine. Yeah. Mine's yeah. a little bit more prominent. And then the other thing is actually look at the you've you've kind of worn away the uh, the arrow symbol thing. Like yeah. you see mine is still in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, I wore those one time, by the right. way. <laughs> but out. hey, there's one clue, right? Because I've worn these countless times, yeah, and, and yeah. the thing is still in there. And, and they're both size 11. How's the size look? Are they si same uh, size? They look fairly similar, uh. but this one looks a little wider to me. Mine, at least, but whatever. Yeah, my, but more prominent than that is look at the arrow uh, font. Like, you see how much thicker, because a little bit of your arrows are still left. Yeah, mine were thicker, yeah. Yeah, you see how much thicker that true, is than mine? So, you know, it's clue. funny. Uh, so, I was always... And the biggest giveaway, again, is this Chinese tag. <laughs> the Chinese sticker on the inside. <laughs> That's Because I don't have anything like that. Pass yours real quick. It's not in there. <laughs> so, disclaimer for me, I only bought these so I could swap them and, sh and steal yours. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like, so I was always afraid to buy, uh, fakes because I just thought they were going to be really bad quality. Right. I'm so happy with the quality of these and the fact that I saved $2,200 by buying <laughs> the fake ones. Um, I don't know, man. It, it was kind of like, uh, giving myself the freedom to be weird and different. Right, and like, right. you know what I mean? Like this is, it's okay to not have the authentic like here's the thing i bought them with real money and they're really on my real feet and here's the other thing i used to do fake cocaine but i was really <laughs> addicted to it <laughs> Jesus so it's inspired Christ. a whole bunch of like material for me too so. well, that's good yes yeah, uh and also this is a placeholder like one day when i am rich i'll buy the real ones yeah there you go man but yeah dude it's the, the fakes are getting so fucking good it's it's like really annoying yeah it's it's it, it kind of i'm kind of impressed that they it's basically, this is basically a tribute to how popular this shoe is. Like this shoe is so successful and so desirable that some guy went into a factory and, <laughs> you know, got a bunch of Chinese people, probably against their will, and made them make their own version of the sneaker. Happy ending, if I were to say so. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, what was I going to say? Fucking, yeah, um, my girlfriend noticed that the, t the tip of the extra tongue on mine is shorter. Does yours seem to poke out? How her? did she notice? She has a pair? She just said, oh, oh actually, I have a pair. I have the white ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's. But, um, I, I saw you wear those. Yeah. yeah. yeah anyway, dude. I'm I'm quite happy with them. I mean, <laughs> nah, I, as long as you're happy with. You do, would you Would you ever wear fakes? So I. I know you. Have I them. wouldn't a because obviously I have the means. So it's like if I'm going to be doing this, why yeah. not get the real thing? Because to me, these are pieces of artwork. Yeah. So it would I be like them. me buying a a uh, Picasso replica as opposed to like the real thing. Yeah. Because like, I don't know. Right. Also, if you're gonna have a Picasso that you literally wear on your feet in this dirty ass city, <laughs> you're devaluing your Picasso with every use. You would argue that, but, uh, but some would argue that the experiences you build in these shoes, yeah. you don't, uh, now from that argument, you don't need them to be real. They right, just have right, to, right. you know, whatever. I, I, the point is I needed these sneakers in my life. I've thought about them every day since they dropped in 2017. I'm not even kidding. Like I've been insane. I thought I could satiate myself by buying the white ones and then I custom dyed them yeah, so. and it turned into the whole process. <laughs> and then I, after that process, I felt worse because I wasn't happy. So I bought these and you know what? I feel pretty good. <laughs> Thank this you. delay is killing Thank you very much. Me. But no, that's, that's a good point, man. I actually ran into a kid. So I was at this concert. Oh, and feel this too. They got the nubs. 
I'm not putting my, that. I'm not talking about shit. Get out of here. <laughs> but uh, a, uh, I was at this concert and this kid had a legit, like the the entire can front of ramen or, or box front of ramen. He was wearing as like a jumper, a oh, shirt, and that. a and oh, a cool, pants. Cool, cool. And then on his feet, he had Yeezys. He had three fifty a blue tints on. Okay. Now, obviously, I wasn't paying very close attention because I don't give a shit, and I figure most people don't. But uh, he was just like, "Yeah, dude, I got this off XYZ uh, Chinese website that just sells replica shit." And you feel the quality; it's like absolute ass. But he's like, "Yeah, I got it for less than five bucks." Of the the suit, or the, the, the suit, the suit. And then he goes, "Yeah, and these Yeezys aren't even real either. I just got them off the same <laughs> website. Whole outfit, five bucks, baby." And I was just like, "This kid is legit." <laughs> He just owns. Oh, yo, that's tight. He just owned it. He was just like, yeah, dude, dude. fit for five bucks. And I got your attention, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, and not that he was trying to do that. He was a sweet yeah. kid. I put the picture up on Instagram. I, I took I a photo with him. I yeah, I, I took that. a photo. Of him. I'm like, yo, this kid knows what's yeah. up, man. Legit check on him. Yeah, right. Because he, he just owned it. And there's something to it where you just own it. And you're just like, you know what? I don't need the fucking real shits. Yeah, yeah. The real shit is me. I'm the one rocking this shit. So yeah. I'm going to. You know, Gucci doesn't make me. I make Gucci. Exactly. You know, exactly. stuff like that. So I, I really was very impressed by that. But for me, again, I, I think it's just a function of having the funds to, to be able to Fair. indulge in the real thing. Yeah, true. But true, I true. mean, I... And I, I, I have 100 pairs of Nikes, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally all in and right. I buy the real shit. I, I got the Travis Scott ones, the Air Jordan ones. I got those. I'm, I'm, I've, I'll, I'm scared to wear them because I just see the value keep going <laughs> up on them. But uh, I mean, I'm all about that real life. This is a sneaker that I need in my life and it's it, it's over $2,000 to buy a pair. Right. So it's made out of mesh. Like if one person in New York City steps on them with poop on their shoe, they're gonna ruin my shoe. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but you know, it builds character. Two and, grand? Yeah. I that, feel like that's more the people problem. would make fun of me for buying $2,000 sneakers than buying fake yeah, Chinese Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, the other thing too is like, because I can definitely notice the difference in a fake, oh, yeah, yeah. just from the feel of it, Yeah. Um, and only in relation to literally having the pair in hand. So like outside yeah. of this, I never would have, if you had handed me those yeah. and I didn't own these, let alone I had never worn these, yeah. I would not be able to tell those were fake. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, I take it back. The Chinese sticker, dead giveaway. <laughs> dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. <laughs> I mean, I, I, where'd you say you bought them? I got them eBay? off a guy on eBay. eBay I, yeah. I should plug him. I should give him nah, his fuck name. fuck that, out. dude. I, I, <laughs> actually, speaking of Prestos, I got fucked on a pair of Prestos recently. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this asshole sent me, um, he says in the, I only buy sneakers that say new with box. Cause to me, the box is part of the entire experience. True, true. Now he says in the description, new with box. And yeah. apparently in the sub description in fucking German or Different whatever box. language he writes, he goes, uh, custom box or cardboard box or something. <laughs> it comes here. It's got like the, the top of the Nike box, uh -huh. but then it's literally just four pieces of cardboard. That he just taped together with the top of like what? What happened to the real box? You went through all this extra work to anyway, and then uh, and some then other, some other guy got the legit box, and yeah, the right? fake top. I don't get it. What the fuck? So I the shoes were legit, but I was like, no, dude, you fucked me. Wow. So I dis I and this is days before I'm going back to Iowa for another two weeks, and I I I started a, a complaint or whatever. I was like, I want you know, refund because, you know, these are not as described, which is new with box. Mm -hmm. And he refused. He's like, nah, in the sub description, I said it. I was like, fuck. Then why is it still saying new with box? There is an option and I've seen it where it says damaged box or no box or whatever. Yeah. So, um, it's literally not new with box. Yeah, it's literally not. And, um, and then he kept fucking refusing. And then eBay says you have to give them an excellent number of days to quarrel amongst yourselves. And then if there's still an issue, then we can step in. 
So I had to fucking wait for this grace period to go away. <laughs> but that grace period was going to go away after I left. Uh-huh. So I was like, dude, fucking, I'm leaving. I left it clearly in the message. Dude, I'm leaving town. Mm-hmm. Start the fucking return. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win this. Yeah. Please, I'm leaving town. I got to get these shoes back to you. He refused. And then eBay stepped in and surprised they sided with me. And then they say, oh, you have to have the shoes returned to him before this date. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even back before that date. Oh, and yeah. I've clearly said in these messages, start the return yeah, yeah. so that I don't get fucked. And they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't do anything. That's eBay policy. I'm like, dude, so because this asshole was a douchebag for a couple extra days, now he gets rewarded for it, basically. Mm. Fucking ridiculous. That re- <laughs> sorry, that reminds me of the uh, waiting tables. Like when someone's like, I demand a refund. I want to see a manager. This is not what I wanted, blah, blah, blah. And then the manager always like takes something off their check and gives them a free dessert. And I'm like, why does the asshole get free stuff? You know what I mean? Why does, it, why does being a jerk get rewarded in our society? Like if yeah. you complain enough. I don't know if that's the But you know what I mean? I don't, I, I don't like when somebody is just a stubborn jerk and then you get rewarded for it. Yeah, no, it was... That's not cool. But yeah. what, so you still have the shoes? No, so I shipped them back to the address. I had a, a friend come in to actually pick them up from here. And like, please, do you mind just shipping these and sending me the, uh, the receipt and okay. blah, blah, blah. And I put in the tracking number and now nothing's showing up. So they must have lost the shoes. Thank God I insured it. So I should be able to get my money back. I just haven't called them yet to get it back. But it's just like, what kind of fucking loops to jump through for what like but, you, you know it's just but like you got stupid. the sheet i actually was thinking about this on the way over because you don't have any of your boxes in there where are your no, boxes? there's well majority of the boxes are in my old house because i brought the shoes over f- oh, from okay. when i moved and uh, i'm literally out of space now in those those closets behind yeah. they're filled with shoe boxes yeah oh yeah. okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking that i was so, like where does he keep his boxes yeah so i gotta find a new solution because lately i've i bought a fuck ton of new shoes i bought the mca off-whites the Beautiful yeah. blue Air Force oh, Ones. Cool. I bought the both new Paras, the the Dunk Lows and the Blazer Low GTs. Gotcha. And then I also bought uh, a pair of Pumas, uh, Ralph Sampson OGs. Nice, the red, white, and blue. No, just the original colorway. It was like a super silky grayish type of thing. Okay. And then well, there's one more I think I bought. Um, drawing a blank right now, but yeah, they're all just sitting at uh, at my um, home, so I gotta I gotta go pick them up at some point, or have my sister bring them down, or I think my mom's coming to visit actually this weekend, so I'll see if she, but she I don't think she has space enough to bring them all, but I'll figure it out. So yeah, that's my new solution, just like have them open there and then brought down here, but oh, okay, I don't know. Then I gotta trust my sister to fucking open the boxes and shit. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, whatever. I uh, there is I really want the Wave Runners, the seven hundreds, dude. I want. Get I don't em. want them. They're dropping on Saturday, yeah, but yeah. I don't know if they're going to drop on the website. I, they, they should. They're talking. I of, think they already did. I got an did. email. They had like a they had like a quick release the other day, mm-hmm. and I missed them. They, was, they dropped okay. it at like eight a.m. or something. Gotcha. But it, it makes it so anytime I see a pair of shoes that says uh, "full size run," meaning you know oh, men's, yeah. women's, and kids. It's if you try, if you even have tried the first day of release, you should be able to get them. So if you have tried this Saturday, I'm sure you should be able to get it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I, that's just a beautiful sneaker. And oh, it's, dude, and it's yeah. funny to me because like they can't seem to get it right with any other colorway. No. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's by far the best one. It's the bread one. Yeah. Of, of, the easy <laughs> of one. dad shoes, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's aged remarkably well. I think it's going to... In my opinion, it's going to be like the flagship model from this dad shoe era as yeah. it continues and I, to die. I, And honestly, I don't even know... I don't think the shoe is particularly comfortable. Really? Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't have flat feet, so I have, like, arches, so I'm probably gonna have to put, like, an insole in them. It's a whole process. Um, I, I kind of wish I could just forget about the shoe, but it's similar to the Prestos, I can't get them out of my head. And, uh... <laughs> no, they're great, man. I love mine. Yeah. I don't wear them enough, just because I, I feel obligated to wear other shoes. That's the other reason sometimes I, like, I get 
mad sometimes that I have so many shoes, which just sounds super fucking oh, dumb. But, I'm mad too, yeah. You know, because it's just like I, you I can only wear one pair. At a that's time. the thing, and I'm just like <laughs> I, I want to wear you, dude, every day. I fucking love you so much, but like, there's all these other fucking shoes I want to, I want to wear. You know, so yeah, it's I like know. that's got to be a joke somewhere, like personalizing. Oh, a yeah. shoe to be like a girlfriend that you love, but like you can't spend time with because there's all these other bitches you're into. <laughs> I well, I was working on jokes for buying the fake sneakers. It was like, so what if they're fake? I'm a fake person. <laughs> I just tell people what they want to hear, yeah, or right. what I think they want to hear. You know, yeah. it's like I talk like black people when I'm around black people. That's fucking weird. Eh, I <laughs> do that fake. too, though. Yeah, no, I don't what? think it's fake. I, I do that. I talk I around naturally. teenagers. What up, fam? It's lit. <laughs> Hey, uh, fellow kids. Uh, no, let me let me bounce. Let, let, let me take a shot at bouncing one of my newer joke ideas oh, off cool. you, and then we'll wrap this yeah. up here. Um, let's see. So, another joke I want to uh, actually. Let me just grab my notebook real quick. Yeah, dope. Let's see. So, let me. Hopefully, these carried over. Um, Nope, doesn't look like it did. So let me think, man. I, I know I wrote down some stuff recently. Or actually, I, oh, I was on my arm, and then I just took a shower. Uh, okay, how about this? Um, so there's the story I'm trying to tell, and I'm trying to find a way to make it funny. And uh, it basically, the premise is fucking hate haircuts. Mm. And have you ever gone to get a haircut and then suddenly find yourself being scared you're going to get busted for a drug bust? That's kind of the idea. <laughs> And it's all because, a real because of your haircut. So that's the thing. I I feel like by introducing that little nugget, yeah, it piques your interest to want to listen to the story. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully even just laugh at that ridiculous statement. But so far it hasn't really worked all that well. Okay. And the idea is it's all based on this true story where um I had this barber, and no one can really cut my hair well. Mm. So I've gone to like countless different barbers uh, growing up, mm. to the point where I just fucking hate getting haircuts because it's always fucked up, and I'm like too shy to be like, no, no, you. Should fix that. I'm always just like, no, it's fine, it's fine, and then I just yeah. leave, right? Dude, we have the same hair, and so eh. similar, similar, quite similar. Yeah. Mine, it's mine's gonna get curly when it's a, it's a little longer and oh, it curls, okay. but gotcha. it's super thick, super brushy, gotcha. hair brushy. Yeah, no and one I, can cut. I, it. I cut my own hair too. Oh really? I don't okay. trust anyone to cut my gotcha. hair because so many times I'll get a fucked up haircut and then I have to be like, thank you, yeah, right. <laughs> and just take it. Yeah, you yeah. got to take the L because yeah. I don't want the confrontation. Exactly. So now I find a barber finally who can cut my hair decently. And, um, and then we kind of lose him to, from what I had heard rumored was drugs. Like he just got hooked on painkillers cause he had a bad back or whatever. And then he just, you I just stopped hearing the from him. Opium epidemic. Yeah. I just stopped hearing from him. So I'm trying to relay that back to the, the main part of the story, which is the drug bust part, which, uh, now that was a while back. Now I'm searching for a new barber again, after I just found one that really could do a good job mm. and was a super cool guy, got along with him decently. Um, but then I stopped hearing from him in text and I heard through the rumor mill that, you know, he'd been hooked on painkillers and stuff like that. Now, fast forward, I find this new barber, also a nice guy, cuts pretty good. And then two cuts into this guy, two cuts in with this guy, he, um, he just, uh, suddenly hits me up for money. He's like, oh dude, my car got towed what and blah, blah, blah. You know, I know you're a doctor. You mind if I, you know, borrow like 60 bucks and then I go to give him 60 bucks. He's like, oh, actually I need another 80 on top of it. Oh, Can it's you? a crackhead. So. Well, here's the thing. So 140 bucks now, right? Now, no, but just the fact that he changed the number, like that's drug addict. Is behavior. that? That's okay. drug addict behavior. Maybe. Because they, it's like, he's got you on the hook for 60 and he's like, oh, I need another 80. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, see, which is news to me because like, I don't come from that world. So oh, I don't yeah. even fucking know what's going on. All I know is 
I almost feel obligated to give him this money because fuck him. No, he's never going to be back. But oh, that, so yeah, punchline <laughs> or, or uh, spoiler alert, he never paid me back. So now I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? So, but part of the the joke I'm trying to convey is like the fact that I felt so obligated to give it to him because I didn't want to make it awkward with a guy that I finally found that can cut my hair right. Yeah. So I'm like trying to not sour this relationship. Now that doesn't sound funny, but I'm trying to find a way to make it funny. Now, the other part of this story is, um, this part I found a nugget of humor in, which is, you know, instead of having him pay me back in cash, I was like, dude, how about this? How about I just fucking come in every couple months and you, or every, every month or so, and you give me a free haircut until we're paid up. Yeah, you bought yourself like two years of haircuts as far as right. I'm concerned. So, <laughs> so, so I, and he actually agreed to it. So now I'm coming in, I'm getting free cuts. Hell yeah. And, uh, and then the funny line I came up with for it was, um, it's kind of weird though, because like usually the loan shark is the one pointing sharp objects at your head, right? <laughs> but in this case, it's reverse. So yeah. um, I've had it gotten a chuckle or two once, but the, the last night I tried it, didn't get jack shit. I don't, um, I don't know if it works. It's too long. It's, it's not going to work as a story. Yeah, well, There's only one joke in there. That's so the thing. So I got to find lines of this to add to like keep it just waving. Say, you know? Yeah, like my barber wanted to, to borrow money from me and I gave it to him. And in return, I'm getting free haircuts because he can't pay me back. But in this, you know what I mean? Like usually if someone couldn't pay me back, I would hold a razor to their neck. Right. <laughs> but he's doing it to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's now the that, story continues where he two cuts into this, uh, this agreement. payback program we have going on. He, uh, he asked for a ride home. Right. And uh, again, this is also news to me because I never get rides home from people. I have my own car and I don't he have a lot of friends. You for a ride? He asked me for a ride. Okay. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. If it's on my way, you know, again, I don't want to sour this relationship, especially after this awkwardness of we have to set up this new thing because I feel dicked over because you're not going to pay me back. Yeah. And the funny thing is he's a nice guy. I feel like he's not even doing it maliciously. Yeah. Or or if he is, he's a master con artist because like he he got me good. But in my head, it just happened on the ride. So I'll tell you in a sec. But like just to put you in the perspective of who this kid was, like he he, it just seemed like coming from such an innocent place, like consequences didn't occur to him. Like it just didn't exist in his uh-huh. world. And then maybe that's why he's a fucking barber and not something else, you know? So that's, yeah, so yeah. he, cause he's the nicest guy, Yeah. but it doesn't feel like he's trying to con me. You right, know what I mean? Right. And it's not like he ever asked for money again. There's or stuff a lot like of that. Uh, well-meaning uh, drug addicts and uh, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that have, that have good intentions, but will totally fuck you over. Right. Right. So now <laughs> fast, personal, yeah. Yeah. so fast forward to the car ride. Now, the joke I came up for this that someone else told me because they were giving a lot of rides to people. I don't typically give rides to people because I don't have that many friends, uh, let alone <laughs> ones without cars. So uh, he said, uh, dude, it's never it's never on your way. They always say it's on your way, but it's never on your way. So I started yeah. to work that into the joke where I was like, he asked for a ride. He said it was on his way. It's never on the way, right, folks? <laughs> and, um, and then I continue it by saying, um, and, and back to the real story. So we're driving. He's just talking, charming his way into just talking to me. What is, is he telling you like a sob story? No, no. We're just talking. Okay. And um, next thing I know, we're way past where he suggested we were headed. Ah. And next thing I know, I find myself in the projects. And not only am I... Oh, buddy. Yeah. And not only am I not dropping him off, he's like, yo, can you just wait here a second? And he goes into this dilapidated house. Nah, dog. And now I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> did I just get conned into fucking sitting here while this guy's doing God knows what? And then this is where that line comes back full circle where it's like you ever going to get a haircut and then find yourself scared you're going to get busted for a drug raid or something that's where that came in because i started suddenly putting it together like what am i doing 
Yeah. And then he, I, I texted him. I sat there at least six, eight minutes like an idiot. And until I was just like, what is going on here? I thought maybe he was going, because I'm always looking for like the positive in a situation. So I'm assuming he's gone in there to like pick up something. I don't know. Miss, I don't fucking know like what I was thinking. What if you say something like, uh, you ever gone in for a haircut and end up being the getaway driver? Something like that. That could that's actually know, punchier. That's punchier. Um, so he comes, does he come back? So he comes back after I call him like, dude, I can't fucking wait here. Like, what are we doing? Why am I spending my free time doing this shit for you? You owe me money. Yeah, what am I doing? Is giving you my fucking time here. Let alone for God knows what you're doing in there. And then he comes back out and then, he, oh yeah, sorry, man. I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Was he high? I don't, he didn't, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't seem different than when he walked in. Okay. So I don't know if he was just selling. Was I don't he know. Had no excuse. He couldn't. Tell he didn't you even anything. tell me what he was tell doing. You anything. But to be honest, I don't even know if I asked because I was so fuming mad. I was like, oh, "Dude, man. what the fuck are we even doing here?" Yeah. And so I get back in the car, and here's the best part. He just goes, "Oh, um, so yeah. Now that I'm back, uh, do you mind just dropping me back off at the barbershop?" I was like, "Dude, I'm dropping you off at the closest Sunoco, and I'm getting the fuck out of here. Find, wow. find, and, I'm, and I, that was it. Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. So I assume, uh, are you gonna go back to him? No, no, I moved. <laughs> Oh, um, you moved. And I think I actually got. It's funny if you moved because of that. You're like, it's too awkward now. I can't even. No, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I actually, yeah, right. I actually went back because, again, I want my fucking money back. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I need the money. It's just like, I don't want to feel like the fucking douche. Fuck that. Yeah. That you took advantage of. Like, no, fuck no. you, dude. Because um, I would never do that to somebody. I would never. The minute I borrow, and I, it has happened literally maybe a handful of times or less where I needed money from someone. Yeah. Um, in the short term because like I was just waiting on a check or something sure, sure. and this was well before I was making as much as I am now but I'm yeah. just saying like in those few circumstances where I owed someone a dollar five dollars in some rare cases two thousand um, dollars and those are probably the all three examples of when I borrowed money from someone I in my mind my every day there's a nuisance of a thought that goes pay that fucker back pay oh, that fucker yeah, back yeah, pay yeah. that fucker until back until you're out from under it it's a pain yeah. in the ass yeah you know so anyway um yeah, I uh, I actually did go back to him for like three, four more cuts, I think. And then actually I stopped hearing from him maybe one, I think one or two haircuts before we were totally paid up. So, yeah, eh, yeah. you know, better than nothing, I guess. But yeah. you know what's you know what's interesting to me about that? I put myself in your position just now and I was like, if if that guy, hold on, if if I lent that guy all this money and now I'm getting free haircuts from him and this is like the fourth or the fifth one, I would in my mind, I'd be like, this guy is over it like he doesn't you know he's mad at me now because he has to keep cutting my hair and i was like i'd be like man he's fucking up my hair <laughs> you know i, mean, yeah, I would so, be able so, to enjoy the haircut yeah anymore. someone someone suggested that as, as a funny thing but i don't know how to like articulate that into something funny for no, the but stage just the anxiety of like he doesn't want to be doing this you know what i mean like i i've had so many situations where there's just an awkwardness and i'm just right. like sitting in it i'm like oh this sucks <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it, it just you just want to disappear, right? You no, I, I get the sentiment, but I don't. I just don't know how I would say that on stage. Funny. Oh, what about yeah. this? What about this? Um, so he's he uh, he cut. Uh, we're halfway through the haircut. Like, so let's say half my hair is cut and half the side is shaved. This side's all mangy still. Nothing, no line here. Perfectly crisp here. And he goes, "All right, I'm all paid up." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> physical funny it's not really yeah maybe it's not stand-up funny uh but it's something yeah so i actually told another barber this story and uh, and he had a great what i thought would would potentially be a good uh, punchline which is uh 
to end to basically what I'm trying to say is anything for a haircut, right? <laughs> anything for a haircut. You know, cuz uh, cuz that cuz the whole story generated from this world where like I can't find someone to cut my hair, now I finally have someone. And it's like almost like an abusive love-hate relationship where like I need you but you're a piece of garbage to me. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of like that. So, again, like the funny idea nuggets are there. It's just like how do you now take all these, put them in the washing machine and have it come out as one big piece of laugh? It know? might be a uh, analogy type situation. Maybe something else happens in your life and you're like, this is just like the haircut guy. You know what I mean? So it might just like uh it might just have to strike you. Yeah, yeah. Uh I know what you mean, man. I think every comic has like a handful of like loose ends in his ba in his bag yeah. he's just carrying around and he's like what the fuck do i do with this right and, right oh actually know. let me give you another one this one's a little bit more ready um so the the basic idea is like how doctors are fucking retards and uh <laughs> and they always have been and every decade that new stuff comes out you know we look back at the previous generation that of doctors like you guys fucking were fucking retarded <laughs> and uh one example is like back in like 1900 18 1800s when doctors would be prescribing specific cigarette brands for asthma, right? That's hilarious. Right? So now I'm thinking, uh, I, I was trying to create the joke in more of the premise of uh, back when bloodletting was a thing. You know what bloodletting <laughs> is? So bloodletting is when you nick someone and basically drain them of their blood because you're trying to drain them of their evil toxins, toxins or whatever. <laughs> and what are, yeah, like yeah, exactly. And, and what, a, what a retarded idea. Am I right, folks? Uh, but I'm thinking I know how it came to be and was thought of as a smart idea at the time because that doctor must have had a real beautiful, lovely, caring wife who every month when she bled out, uh, she became a look, she, she would be cunty as fuck before the blood. And then after the blood leaked out, she was such a joy to be around again. So that's kind of like the idea I'm trying to convey, but it's rough, right? Especially for a female crowd. So it's like, how do you... How do you, so basically I need to find a way to establish that this woman, this wife of this doctor who discovered this bloodletting technique is a wonderful woman, but for some reason, once a month, she has these evil spirits. And as soon as some <laughs> blood drains out of her, those evil spirits suddenly go away. So this guy must've been like, Eureka, I'm just going to do this to everybody. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. If I should say, yeah, man, keep going. There's something there. <laughs> or I, I want to say like, uh, maybe you should uh, like, cut that joke and let it bleed out of you <laughs> uh, but yeah i don't know it's uh it, that it could is. be a good tag for like if 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 that joke utterly bombs then you could be like all right well, folks well i guess i'll be uh bleeding that. myself later i'll be cutting myself later and hopefully enough blood comes out that hopefully i uh, that forget that joke out of my body yeah right but yeah no i mean there's definitely something there it's just like i yeah as a guy maybe i just can't say it because i'm a guy but it's, maybe if i was a female comic being I could. a comedian means you are an editor or like a uh, collage artist and uh sometimes that like this one piece is going to be a big part of your collage and then over time you're like you know what i'm going to cover i'm going to cover this piece and this piece and that there, there might not be as much of that you know what I mean? Like yeah. Over time, you're like, you're fucking remixing everything. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, you're curating uh, a collection of stories that you're telling people. Right. And so, therefore, they're not all bangers. And they're not all, maybe maybe the time isn't right on it. Some, some yeah. ideas, they just like the haircut thing. That's, dude, 
first of all, there's an episode of Atlanta where the guy gets a haircut and and the, the guy's like, I need you to give me a ride somewhere. And it's it's very similar. <laughs> I'm not saying you took the idea. That, I, I'm just saying like my mind was like, oh, dude, I've seen this somewhere. Like this is a uh, thing. Like okay. there's like hustler barbers that are like, oh, well, I got you in my chair. Maybe I could sell you on these uh, these uh, medicine pills I got. Or yeah, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, I got. That's I, the thing. It's It wasn't even a scheme thing. Maybe that's part of it. I got to explain like to the, the audience. There's a lot of guys that are like, they cut hair, but like what they really want to be is producers. You know, they really got hip hop beats. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? they're, they're, they've, they're like, they're, they're, they're hustlers. Like, and, and maybe not even a bad way, but they just, they're guys on the move and they, they make a lot of friends and they got, and they're, and they're dealing with cash all the time. And maybe some guys, you know, like it's, a, it's the hood, man. Everyone's trying to fucking come up with some money. You yeah, know? Yeah, so true. I feel like, I feel like the, and the barber shop, barber guys are fast talking motherfuckers. They could, you know what I mean? They could, they could sell water to a whale, as it were. So I feel like uh, that's something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. I, yeah, I keep hacking away at it. We got to get that. We got to keep clipping. Keep clipping <laughs> yeah, away exactly. at him. You got to get him on the podcast. Ugh, yeah. To right. repay the, no, fu- the ultimate guy. debt. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, uh, anyway, so, yeah, I just want to say thanks for coming back, man. This yeah, was bro, uh, fun. Sandra, you're the man. I'm happy for you. I'm, I hope that we can uh, uh, keep you in the game, man. <laughs> I, you know, you got to keep going. Uh, it is a desert, and you're you're on the path, and uh, it, oh oh, <laughs> so I got this joke about suicide that I'll that I'll tell you real quick, and uh, I just, I've been running it at Mike's, and it's a little bit like ugh, 2019. We all have suicide jokes, like enough already, but um, you know, do you know what happens when you run your suicide joke four times a day? It gets better. I don't get it. <laughs> there's this whole thing of like teens that are growing up with uh, sexual uh, confusion. Okay. There's the whole movement of it gets better. Don't kill yourself. Right. So. But why would telling the, a suicide joke multiple times because the joke lead gets to better. the joke gets better and you don't. <laughs> uh, I thought it was okay, it did okay. well at the mic. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'm not suicidal enough. I for don't want to end up <laughs> on you, but uh, that's all I got. No, it's fine. Don't don't use me as your metric because again, I'm. <laughs> I'm listening to so much comedy. Sometimes I'm maybe I'm just making it too complicated for myself. No, it's know. all good, man. Yeah. It's uh, humor is an elusive beast that we are trying to lure out of its cage yeah, and then right. tame. And so <laughs> it's a, it's 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 no surprise that it, uh, most people that make it have at least 15 years under the, in in the game. And uh, can you imagine doing this for 15 years? Dude, let's see. In 15 years, I will be 48, uh, 47, 47 year old me standing yeah. up on that stage. Yeah. And we'll be on episode 4,070 <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a scary thing to think about. 47, <laughs> 47 years old, still holding a like, microphone. Spend your life how you want to do it. I'm 38, and I kind of feel like I'm just really doing me for the first time. Like, I'm I'm trying to be authentic. Right. Uh, no, I've definitely felt more know. of that than ever in the past year, becoming more myself. Um, but maybe I just hold myself to just a very impossible standard. Like, I want to be the next... Louis, Chappelle, yeah. Bill Burr, whatever. But like, there's only a handful of those guys, and yeah. there's literally thousands of us motherfuckers walking yeah. these streets. We're all not going to become that. Yeah. So I think it hurts because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's right. It's, That's what it is. But uh, if you can only get better, if you keep going, you're going to get funny. True. And true. And uh, you're going to get true. more opportunities. I want you to come do my show when. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. So I mean, I'm trying to think. Tuesday, yeah, I'm you know. here. Yeah, I'm here. Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, actually, yeah, plug your stuff again. Okay. Uh, Camden Palio, Killer Camden 33 on Instagram. No Fun Bar, uh, 161 Ludlow Street in the Lower East Side. Monday nights, 1030. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. And I wait tables at Veselka if you want to get a pierogi. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. And uh, we'll see you around. Holla. Peace.